Rory, you open your eyes. Your your body is sore, um, as if you've been ill or, or drained of energy for days. The torchlight brings your surroundings into focus. Commander Leon is kneeling beside you. Um, he has no armor, just like uh, a rough spun tunic. Uh, <laughs> tunic. Uh, it's really cold as well. You're laying in the dirt. As you look around, you see uh, lumber walls that curve inward, making some kind of arena or dome. The top of the walls are lined with Varrican shield maidens and warriors. Most are holding knocked arrows aimed downward at you and Commander Leon. Rory, I don't know what the hell this is. Are you awake? I, yeah, just what? What the heck is going on? Last I remember, we were on the we were on the boat, and Lady Reyna was. What's? Where are we? I. I'm not sure. I just woke up about a minute ago. Last I remember was dropping my sword, and it gets really hazy after that. Are we chained? Are we chained up? What's going on? Uh, no, you have freedom of motion. You uh, you also don't have any armor on. Um, you're actually shirtless. You're uh, still have pants on. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're kind of as you kind of get up, you look around. Um, the uh, the soldiers that are lining the walls above you. Um, they're kind of, you can tell that they're kind of excited and uh, someone actually shouts out in Varrican and you look to the very end of the arena as you hear wood creaking, you see a, uh, a gate kind of begin to open, uh, open toward you. Um, I help uh, Commander Leon up off the ground. Okay, yeah, so you guys like kind of get to your feet. It, it's like it's almost as if your your muscles have been asleep and you're kind of like just getting feeling back uh and your your mind is just kind of coming into focus. Do I feel like I'm at full health or do I feel Yeah, at, like HP wise, <clears throat> yeah, you you okay. you are um you are rested, but you're um it's almost like you're extremely hungover or you've just woken from a long dream and you know like that first second uh, first couple seconds you awaken, you don't really know like where you are, or what's going okay. on. That's it's like that, but it's a little bit more, uh, extended. So the, this, uh, creaking wood, uh, is this gate opening and it's kind of similar to what you heard at, uh, Cardendale. And also similar is you hear something kind of <clears throat> grunting from behind <clears throat> the doors and it starts thrashing its body against the gate at the end of the arena. And after one last shout, the gate is completely opened. And the beast leaves from the shadows and comes into the firelight, roaring and rearing back on two legs. The dire bear stands around 13 feet tall. Its matted fur is black with gray streaks and painted with red runes. It drops. <laughs> and begins walking toward you and Leon. Even on all fours, the bear towers over you. The Varrican people are shouting louder. Leon looks to you and says, Mate, no matter what you've done, what dirt I've got on you, if we make it through this alive, you are a free man, and your family will be the richest halflings in all of Kinsdale. I grab his arm and look, that means a lot. Listen, we might be faster than it. Let's try and flank it. Let's try and stay out of its reach. I think maybe we'll stand a chance. 
just as you say this, like you guys are turned towards each other uh, talking, you hear clink, clink, and you look up uh, about 10 feet from you is a war hammer. Um, and about 10 feet from Leon is a uh, sword. And um, just as Leon... Leon nods to what you said, and he rushes for his sword. I shout, uh, you're one of the rowdy boys, Leon. And as he rushes for the sword, this triggers, the, the bear kind of like looks from you <clears throat> to Leon, and the bear begins to charge Leon. I charge for the hammer as well. We'll cut there. Hmm. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Are you comfortable, Colleen? Uh, you come into consciousness okay. just barely, though. You, you can't speak. Uh, you can't see. And your head is pounding. Okay. Oh, poor fella. I should sing to him so his dreams aren't so menacing. Hmm. Ah. Let, <clears throat> let me let me sing you the tale of Traylon's first king, the bold and the brave and the true. <laughs> His name is King Elric, a fearsome foe, but a gentle soul through and through. Something about Apollo's no home wanting the trees. Um... They parlay a peace with his word. Uh, I will give my two sons, whom I revere, to live amongst forest and peak. One to the north and one to the south. He sent his sons to make home. And so it was from that day forward, the kinship of Trayland was formed. Oh, oh, you're up. How marvelous. Would you like a drink? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Gagged and uh, not oh, my okay. idea. Oh, oh, they've blindfolded you too. You hear a bench being dragged across the stone floor. Um, as the blindfold is removed, you see Master Talon. His hair, mm. his white hair is standing straight up. He, you know, his white beard, he's ro rosy red cheeks. And he says, oh, yeah, also uh, those chains, yeah, they're going to, those are going to suppress your ability to cast spells. Jeez, they, they really don't trust you blokes. And Master Talon smells of wine. He's there's a bottle uh, next to him that looks like it came from Lord Alistair's private supply. There's only about three sips left in it. <laughs> You seem to be in some kind of Varrican longhouse. Uh, there's a fire pit and shelves filled with uh, vases and dried plants. There's an aroma of herbs uh, and dirt that hangs around the wooden benches and tables. You feel nauseous and disoriented. Mainly Maybe a little bit gassy. That as well, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because everything is upside down. Oh. You kind of get to look and you are hanging from a rope uh, that is tied to your feet into a beam <laughs> at the top of the uh, the longhouse. Uh, you're bound by iron chains that wrap around your chest, 
And Master Talon seems upright because he's laying on the bench in front of you and hanging upside down so that your faces uh, match. Uh, he then uh, reaches out and takes the gag off your mouth. There you go, Collie. Now, before I can release you from mm. your bondage, we have uh, maybe just a few things to sort out. Well, I I set the glyph awarding for you. Did you, did you get out okay? As you can tell, I'm a free man, and he kind of like extends his so, hands out. Um, so, so why why am I bound? Like I said, it wasn't my idea. I kind of fought. I fought for you, Colleen. I did, I I really did. Uh, but they uh, they need to know that they can trust you, all that sort of thing. Uh, so they they let me talk to you for a little bit just to make sure we got some things <clears throat> sorted out. I fart. It's, I've been <laughs> holding it in. I'm pretty gassy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, uh, Talon's just kind of like, huh? That's a constitution save. Right. Was that, um, <laughs> was that you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. You're... Uh, your uncle is uh, Grunyard Duke Dune Canyon. Oh, it's kind of hard to talk like this. And he finally gets up and he uh, brings a dagger out and he, oh, you just hear, <laughs> and yeah, you fall straight onto the floor. Um, yeah, no saves, but like you, it, it doesn't do any damage, but like from your shoulder, especially down to your mending leg, it's just like shooting pain. And he kind of like, lifts you up to kind of prop you against one of the tables and he sits on the floor next to you uh, and he uh, takes a swig of uh, wine. So your, uh, your uncle, Unky uh, uh, Grunyadun yeah. Canyon, is that correct? Aye, it is. And he's on the council, right? He is. All right, so um, great. And you went on this excursion for what purpose? Uh, to find my bagpipes. And you collected them, correct? I did. All right. And what do you think of our so-called, uh, quote-unquote, King Aston? Where, where are the rest of my rowdy boys? Where are the rest of my friends? Um, all will be revealed. And he kind of gives spirit fingers through the air. Yeah, and all will be answered once I figure out whether or not they're safe. Um, let's see. Not sure where they are. After all I've done for you, you'll get no more answers from me until I know they're alive and safe. Uh, last I saw them, they were alive. Uh, well, I guess I believe him. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, what do you think of King Aston? I think he's a coward. Very good. Good answer. Well, what would you say to uh, the proposition of joining a uh, resistors movement? Yeah, we were, to be honest with you, we were kind of talking about maybe starting one of our own, but <laughs> after the way we've been treated here, I just, I don't know if you guys are the right ones to join. Well, we just have to take things into precaution and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, if this is the way you treat your friends, my God, I wouldn't want to be your enemy. We are figuring out who our friends are. The Verican have certain unconventional mm, tactics. 
He smiles. I can see that. Um, well, great. So you have some sort of spirit and gung ho against our current uh, our current royalty and whatnot. So uh, um, before we go further, I was. Um, Ugh. I was wondering if uh, you'd like to say hello to an old friend of yours. Uh, is it one of the Roddy boys? You'll find out. Oh, joy, I cannot wait. <laughs> All right, but I have to know that if I release your chains, you're not gonna use your hands against me in force. Yeah, I feel about as drunk as you are, so I don't think that's an option. All right, because I've got my handy rapier here, and I'd hate for your story to end. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. You can release me. Okie dokie. So he unbinds you. <clears throat> he grabs a bowl of cold gruel off of a, um, a counter, just kind of like as you're, you know, standing up, using the table to help yourself up. Again, just mm. similar to Rory, your your muscles feel like they're just kind of gaining back their strength, and your, your mind is just beginning to uh, unfog. Uh, and he goes, uh, he goes over to a door, <laughs> Sorry. It's Talon. Uh, huh? It's Talon. It oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you, uh, you ready then? That, I, yeah. He grabs a torch off the wall uh, at the door and... Is he uh, trying to get me to follow him? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I do so. Yep, so he uh, opens a door and it reveals a small room uh, about five feet in. There are jail cell bars that go up to the shorter ceiling. Behind the bars is a uh, moaning figure curled up and bandaged on the ground. The bandages go around uh, the the person's chest and there's kind of blood bleeding through the back near the middle. And as this person turns their body, there's also kind of a blood stain uh, on the front center. Hmm. And uh, Talon says, wakey, wakey, Lord Protector needs to eat his brekkie. And in the orange light of the torch, the sullen face of Lord Alistair looks up to you. Mm. We'll cut there. Uh, Help! Telly! They're doing something horrible. <gasps> Tell them to stop Spiritu Sancti. Vieni Spiritu Creatore. Convitinimo. Domino Cuniam Bonus. Domini Nostri. Tesla. You look up, Telnius, and uh, in front of you, about 15 feet away, is a bloodied and battered Bishop Colum. His clothes have been torn from him and... Uh, Bloody runes have been painted all over his pale skin. He is tied to a post opposite of you. Oh, thank his holy name. You awake. Please tell them something. Make them stop. As you gain consciousness, you uh, realize that you are bound uh, 
by chains to a post suspended about 10 feet in the air. You are unable to cast magic, and no matter how hard you struggle, you cannot free yourself from the bondage. Um, At this point, you hear voices from down on the ground. The Varican shaman begin to chant. You look down and see one with an elkin headdress and another with a bearskin headdress. Their bodies are crimson, painted with the blood of a sacrificed goat, which lays lifeless about 15 feet away. It's on an altar designed to collect blood, and there is a full pool at the head of the altar. It is dark within the thick woods, though the sun has yet to set. Everything around you is lit by a fire pit that separates you and Column's post. A ladder is then propped against Column's post. The elk shaman climbs uh, carrying a strange golden hook connected to a rope, similar to the grappling hooks you've seen, uh, though this one is more ornate, uh, ceremonial uh, in, in its looks. It's smaller with three prongs in the front and one prong in the back, uh, designed to look like a talon. He gets to the top, and Column is now uh, weeping uncontrollably. Please tell, tell me, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry for what I've done to you and, and all the other acolytes. Ah! He screams as the hook is driven into the center of his chest. A second ladder slams on the opposite side. The bear shaman reaches the top, holding a similar device. Thesla, save me. Telnius, please forgive me. I never meant to harm you. Uh, I only wanted to show my love for you. Ah! He screams again as the second hook is driven into his chest. The three prongs all, uh, each of the three prongs, uh, all meet at the center of his chest at the sternum, but are facing opposite di- opposite directions. So the ropes go out one toward his right arm, one toward his left arm. The shaman then descend the ladders as Colum uh, begins coughing up blood. <sighs> Tell me, I'm sorry for how I treated you. If you help me, it's all yours. You're Traylon's new bishop. I- I decree it! (coughs) He coughs up more blood as the ropes begin to tighten. Uh, When you look down again, you see two steeds at the end of the ropes. Each shaman begins leading each horse away from Column, pulling the hooks apart. It is a slow and agonizing process. Blood begins to pour from the middle of his chest. May Thesla scorn you! May his wrath never end on your people! You're nothing but animals, a plague on this world. Thessla will overcome. Light will pierce the dark. <laughs> there is an agonizing crack. Bishop Column's sternum is broken, ripped in two. He hangs from the pole, his rib cage spread out of his body like eagle's wings, his innards hanging loose in a gory mess. The heart of Bishop Column has been revealed, and he breathes his last breath holy shit (laughs) (laughs) 
Rory, you watch as uh, the bear descends onto Leon. I'm trying to keep up with him, by the way. Gotcha. Uh, He gets the sword, but before he can swing up to use it against the bear, the bear knocks him back and rips uh, two claw, uh, both of his claws rip into his chest. His his shirt is just torn off of him, and his chest is bleeding out um, as he takes damage. As he goes to bite, though, um, you you are able to gather up your warhammer, and you see this perfect opportunity to attack the bear. So okay. you get an attack of opportunity. Yeah. I charge forward with my hammer, and I'm trying to bat his mouth away from uh, Commander Leon. Beautiful. And of course, I'm going to go into a rage at the moment. Yes. Because why would I not do that? Okay, so it's going to be uh, 24. Yeah, you just strike the bottom uh, part of the bear's jaw. Go ahead and roll your damage. Yeah. Oh, that didn't come out. Uh, that is going to be a 13. Damn. Nice. Great. So, um, when you rush over and use your Warhammer, just both hands, like, just your Warhammer connects, and it doesn't dislocate the entire jaw, but the you can hear the crack of the the side that you have hit, and the bear actually takes the full force of this hit and actually falls to its side, um, and uh, it and the Varican people are going nuts. You actually uh, now have your full turn. Okay, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna just I see that weak spot, so I'm gonna just try and like jump towards it, eagle mm-hmm. cry. <laughs> and swing down with my first attack um, and try and try and just exploit that weakness. Awesome. Go for it. And you uh, can take advantage if you're not already. Okay. So that would be um, 17. Yep. You hit. Go okay. Ahead, damage. Nice. Uh, 13. Damn. Uh oh. <laughs> Okay, uh, ten. Um, so when you had like de- like descended upon the bear and like leapt forward, making the eagle cry, one of the Varican soldiers watching was like, "Little Adi," and uh, your hammer hits at the top, and you can hear a piece of the skull fracture under your first hit. Uh, the second one, the bear is able to bat away your war hammer. Okay. Okay, so uh, 20, 21, and uh, 18. To hit? To hit you. Okay, I would have used... I would have used a bonus action to try and get away, like out of reach of gotcha. the bear. So, gotcha. Yeah. Then it charges towards okay. you and makes the Same attacks. thing. Okay, perfect. Those <laughs> all hit. And you don't have your uh, shield. shield. So it's... Yeah, 15 would be Okay, so, seat, so it hits with all three. Yes. Um... And you take 30 points of damage of um, slashing and piercing as this bear charges at you, rears back, brings both of its claws um, 
on like across your chest and then on its last move even with a little bit of the unhinged jaw bites down into your shoulder oh whoops whoa damn um all of a sudden the the mouth comes off of you and it roars and as it kind of steps to the side a little bit you see commander leon uh standing uh across or, or like at the midsection of the bear, stabbing his sword into the gut um, and uh, creating that flanking uh, position. And um, he says, now's your chance to you. Okay. And it's your turn. Okay. So I'm going to try and grapple onto the bear's back. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. So I'm going to try, like, I'm going to try and, like, swing over some on its back, like, almost on its neck, like, standing on its neck. Gotcha. Okay. Give me, um, yeah, give me strength check. Strength check to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be, I would add my proficiency mm-hmm. bonus to mm-hmm. Yep. So that would be 19. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a battle, but you are able 20. To, oh, nice. 20. Then it's not that much of a okay. battle. <laughs> and you're able to get onto the back of this bear. Okay. So then I'm going to swing, like almost like a golf club. I'm going to swing down and try and hit the side of its head. Okay. With my warhammer. Beautiful. And decapitate it. And decapitate it. I'm going to try and decapitate it. Okay. You can attempt that. <laughs> try and decapitate them. I mean, I feel like that's always the goal right. with your enemies. Right. Oh, 20. That one. Oh, shit. 14 damage. And then my second one, just doing the same thing again. Jeez. Um, Back and forth like pendulum swing. Yeah. Dink. Jake. Dink. Twenty. <laughs> what? Twenty. Twenty to hit. Okay. To hit. Yeah, that hits. It takes I think you just Newton's cradled this guy. Mm. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, the, Nine. The on the Nine points. Yeah. The bear head hit the other bear heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barely. Barely. Because it sounds like bear. Oh, that's good. Um, mic. Barely. So what, what? How was your last uh, swing? My last swing was was the same thing. I'm aiming right at its lower jaw, like golf style. Oh my god! That last hit literally takes off the jaw. Nice of the bear, like the best scene from Golden Compass. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. I haven't okay. seen Golden <laughs> Compass. I haven't seen so that in a minute. <laughs> I read the books, but all right. So, um, yeah. So you're on the back of this bear. You swing down your hammer. One hit. Two hits. The rest of the jaw just falls off, and you just hear a gurgled like, and the Varican people are going insane. Come back to Colleen. You were in on this too, and uh, he crawls towards the bars. Tesla, I knew you were petty, but this is low, very low. Lord Alistair is like leaning against the bars, like just like crazed, sinister look towards you. I'll be honest with you, Lordling. I was not in on this, but I probably would have been with the way you've been acting on this journey. I'm not too surprised. In fact, I'm, I'm, if anything, I'm surprised you're still alive. You have always demeaned me. Do you understand the pressure it takes to be the king's cousin to uh, be uh, all of a sudden thrown upon you to be the lord protector king over these new lands I, i gave 
everything for the crown. And Kowloon, I can say, well, one thing. At least I am not a traitor to my people and to my homeland. Uh, my people never treated me well anyway. I didn't have much loyalty to begin with. So with you, the only thing I see is just a little coward that's not willing to treat others the same as he wants to be treated. We've seen you do nothing but oppress these people. And that's, that's not something I'm willing to put up with, especially since I've been oppressed my entire life. I'm s sorry that you were born into a difficult situation. But that is just the way the world works. There are castes. There are systems in place. Order that needs to be maintained. This is chaos. The Varican people are chaos. You and this pitiless alcoholic fool are going to get everyone killed. Do you understand what the Varican people can do? I guess not, but I don't think I'd trust you anyway. How is your cast treating you now? What's it done for you in this situation? It means nothing now. Had you treated these people correctly, you wouldn't be in this position to begin with. I did honor to my king. And he kind of like sits back. And uh, he's, he's, he's not willing to make eye contact with you at this point. Ah, okay. Then I'm done talking uh, to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talon's just like wide-eyed. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't aware of the contention between you and uh, oh. the Lord Protector. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. And so Talon speaks. Uh, well, uh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. man, yeah, if this becomes a movie, Lord da or, uh, Talon's got to be played by Owen Wilson now. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, all right. Uh, well, Lordship, we have, uh, I guess, business to attend to, so uh, <laughs> eat your fucking gruel. And he tosses the bowl into the cell, and it kind of like lands and spills a little bit. And uh, he kind of comes close to the bars. He's like, would you like some wine with that? And Talon holds up the near-empty bottle. Uh, Alistair actually looks up expectantly, like that sounds really good to him oh. at this moment. And Talon reaches out the bottle and begins just pouring it onto the floor. Oopsie. Guess I spilled it. Hmm. Oh, well. He shrugs and uh, says, uh, any, uh, any further words you'd like to give for our Lord Protector? No, just uh, give him some water, if you will. Like just because you. he's just because he's treated others cruelly doesn't mean that he de he deserves the same. I like you, Kalun. And he goes and he gathers some water and leaves it for Alistair. And Alistair has just taken to the gruel um, quickly. He's just eating up every every bit of it. And he shuts the door behind, leaving you two out. Ah, <sighs> that's he's uh, very angry. I think he's kind of depressed too. You know. And uh, I haven't even told him that the rightful heir to the throne still lives. 
imagine what he'll do when he finds out his precious cousin is going to be dethroned. Yeah, you mean Lady Brittany, right? Yeah, we all know. Yeah, so this is uh, what? Yeah, we 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 know. How do you? How did you get that information? I'll tell you if you just let me see my rowdy boys. I need to know they're safe. Hmm. Well, he scratches his beard a little bit. All right, I think I can arrange something like that. Would you at least like to hear out the plan and how you, Kaloon? can participate in the resistance. I think after I hear the plan, I'll decide myself how I can participate. Very good. The plan is simple, and he gets very extravagant with his arms <laughs> and how he <laughs> describes it. He, he kind of puts his arm out towards the rest of the room for some reason. Basically, it's simple. The Varican people will now use the Lord... Alistair as leverage for parley for more rights to their land and to try and make peace with the Trailenders. We are going to, Kalun, rewrite history here. And we're in the process going to tell King Aston just where he can shove his crown and I will give you a hint. The word is within his own name. His ass. <laughs> Kalun. Will you join me in making things right with the Varican people, even if it means our lives? We'll see. I just woke up. I don't even have any of my stuff yet. <laughs> Nor have I seen my rowdy boys. If they're dead or if they're harmed in any way, it's no deal, and I fight to the end of my life. Well, I will say that it seems I have some information to find out. As I've said, the last I saw of your pals, they were alive. As for what the Varican have chosen to do with them, I cannot say. For the Varican have, as I've said, unconventional practice for dealing it with their enemies. So, but if we can show the Varican that King Aston is the enemy, then you and I will go down in history as prophets, prophets of a new age, one in which these, these pagan leaders who claim Thessala as their god, yet worship the coin that is at the fingertips they will fall to ashes. I start to nod off a little bit <laughs> as, he's, as he's talking. And he, yeah, he, um, he just kind of continues as if in his own world. Um, and we will take their thrones and make from them instruments to play music in a time of peace. And, and he looks over and you've kind of like nodded off. And God... Is that another bottle of wine? All right, so we will now um, <laughs> cut over to uh, Telnius. Leia Brusi! Telnius, you understand this as bring the goat. Um, a hooded figure comes out of the shadows leading a goat to the altar. 
the two shaman begin to prepare it for sacrifice. They give a command to the hooded figure, who then takes a ladder to Bishop's post and uh, props it against the post. Uh, they climb to the top uh, to Bishop, the Bishop's corpse. When they reach Column, they begin to pry the claws loose from his remains. Uh, I turn my head and close my eyes. Ooh. Tears like streaming down my face. Wow. You hear the hooded uh, figure um, finish their job and begin descending. They take one last look as they're going down the ladder to you, the next victim. And just as you were kind of looking away, uh, kind of get one last look, you meet eyes with this hooded figure. And her eyes go wide as if she uh, just had a look of recognition. And if she were able to scream, she would give a shout. But instead, the claws fall clumsily to the ground. You recognize Siggy, the Varrican woman <laughs> you helped rescue. She races to the bottom of the ladder and leaves the talons on the ground. She then brings the ladder around the fire pit into your post and begins climbing up. When she reaches you, she begins to loosen your right hand. And I put my hand on her head. She is able to loosen your right hand from the chains and you feel just enough magic enter your system to when you connect your hand to her forehead Cast Scorching Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and she immediately burns to a crisp. If I'm going out, you're going with me, bitch! <laughs> That's awesome. Um, in Varrican, she begins to speak with you. Uh, tell her. Mm-hmm. Pathically. <laughs> she says, um, I do not think I can, for you alone, I did not, I did not know this was, uh, who, I will get help. I will get help for us. Who should I get? Synthorn. Aya Synthorn. And um, she, she nods, and just as... Um, in fact, wait. No, all my rowdy boys, if possible. Yeah, get, get all the rowdy boys. I think I think more than one's probably best. So, after you say, um, unfortunately, after you say Synthorn, uh, she like nods and goes to try and release more of you to at least give you a fighting chance. But just as she reaches for your other arm, the ladder is kicked out from under her, and she actually suffers uh, the fall of ten feet. Um, let's see. Oh, Siggy, um, Ten. Siggy runs into the forest and the ladder is replaced. The bear shaman um, gets to the top and he begins to wrestle your arm to get it back under the chains. Um, when he starts climbing up, I'm going to I, I don't think I would try. Uh, so my thought process is I have no chance of getting out of this by brute force. I have to get mm. out of this with my mind, right? Okay. And so I'm thinking um, I, I'm going to try and talk to him um, 
the guy who's come up in his native tongue, in Varican, um, I see. and say, like, um, I am not your enemy. Um, ask Finn Aurora. I am your friend. In Varican, in the hopes of, like, persuading him to give me a chance to, okay. like, hear my cause. Okay, so that's a... In persuasion, if you'll allow it, that would be a... 24. Um, he he gets to the top, and you're saying this down to him. And I clearly have a hand free. I could try and push him, but I, I don't. Like, I am, like, I'm letting him do what he wants physically, but I'm trying to convince him, like, with my words and with, like, empathy. I see. Okay, so he, um, he gets to the top, and he says, um, this man, I do not know of this man in a Varican tongue. And he says, um, he says, I do not know how you have learned our speech, but that does not, that does not uh, overpower the fact that you serve the demon god. And he begins to, um, he begins to put your hand back down under the chains. Um, well then I'm going to fight it. I mean, I'm going to try and, and use dexterity, I guess, to push him down. Okay, go for it. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't really see much coming from this. I mean, that's a, that's a seven total. Okay. So, um, you, uh, do you grab him or the ladder? I, I would grab the ladder okay. and try and like just move it. So he falls. So as you begin to move it, he gives a little shout and, um, out of reaction, you just see a uh, flash of gray and he's falling away from you. Hmm. But after a second, a searing pain overwhelms your body. And out of reaction, as he was falling back, you see him now holding a sword that is bloodied and your hand is still gripped on the ladder all the way up to your forearm as the ladder falls to the ground. You look down, your arm has been severed just below the elbow. Oh, shit. And the worst pain you have ever felt in your life. How are you going to do the double infinity symbol? Wait, like like worse than kidney stones? (laughs) <laughs> Worse than kidney stones? Probably. <laughs> okay. What about two kidney stones? I've never had a kidney stone, but I'm guessing. <laughs> That's pretty yes. bad. That's bad. Whoa. Um, okay. So the That sucks. As that <laughs> redo. <laughs> as um I mean, the other one is the bear shaman is recovering from the fall. Right. But the other you you hear like almost out of anger the the ladder come up next to you and um, I mean blood is just pouring. I mean all I'm over your screaming. Right yes, I'm screaming yeah. uh, in pain, just like <sighs> right. you know, like blood just pouring out of my hand. As you're uh, doing that, um, the elk shaman gets to the top on your opposite side and he has uh, both claws and he begins um, bringing the first claw into your. Uh, left uh, chest, the three prongs going into your sternum and the last claw 
entering just under your left armpit. I kind of, uh, I like have to uh, kind of get control of myself and stifle my screams. Mm. Um, but then for the first time in like since I was a child, I actually start praying uh, to Tesla, um, the ancient, like the plea for um, his help. And the second ladder uh, goes up alongside your right side. And, and again, I just like close my eyes. I, I focus and I like between the, the, the native Thessalon, um, I like just say, if you're there, I need your aid. And uh, the bear shaman gets to the top and your blood is pouring over right. him, over your own body. And he hammers in the second claw. <laughs> <laughs> you um, give me a constitution save on Alistair. <laughs> oh, no. uh, four. You, um, you begin. <laughs> I've to pass lost a out. lot of blood. You begin to pass out. Yeah. Oh my god. And the last oh, thing man, I think. So the last thing I think <laughs> as I'm like like losing consciousness is, um, I guess this is it. Um, was was I right? Is he real? And then I think, I know I heard his voice. I know he's real. And that's the last thing I think. I'm Ro- biting my fingernails. <laughs> Rory. Um, I'm losing it over here. Oh, my God. <laughs> the bear tries to reach up, uh-huh. but you can kind of tell. You're, you're stumbling to the right, to the, to the left. This bear is not doing well at keeping up. And it's, it's just kind of like trying to nudge its body into Leon who takes his sword out and replaces it into the gut and just like sees that you guys are bringing down this beast and in one last kind of attempt falls lifeless under you and you um, you are victorious over this bear and what the freaking heck was that you you see uh, Leon kind of stepping back, and he kind of says, "I don't, I don't, f- I don't feel very." Good I dash over to try and catch him. Yeah, he he falls to the ground um, as you uh, go over. You kind of you like you kind of catch him as he as he falls, uh, but also landing near you uh, is your um, is your shield, the one with the eagle imprint and the bloodstone. And the entire Varrican audience at the top is chanting, Little Adi, Little Adi. I, I hold, I, I mean, I guess I look around briefly, but then I look back down to Leon. Yeah, he's, his breaths are uh, shallow. His breaths are shallow. And what, what injury does he have? His uh, whole torso has been torn up by this bear. Is there anything I can do for him? Is there like, can I try and like do a medicine check or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've seen people do this before. I've never done it, but I try and uh, try and do a medicine check. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, and I get an 18. Yeah. You're able to um, tear off uh, some of your pant leg and you begin to at least the larger gashes in his body you're covering up and someone's yelling from the top. It's almost as if they, um, uh, aren't paying attention to the level of 
chaos that you're in. And someone says in the common tongue, you are little Ari, harbinger of death, the eagle force bringing. He needs help. Somebody get some help for my friend. Bringing ones from light to dark. And um, a few people, the gate opens back up and a few rush out to Commander Leon. Stay with me here, man. Um, Stay with me. And that's actually where we're going to cut. <laughs> I, I, uh, as it fades to the next scene, I lick his nostril. Aww. Aww. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. That is so touching. That is so sweet. That is oddly touching. Yeah, I feel like that should be uh, counted as like a healing spell or something for Commander Leon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, you, he, he gives a deeper breath as soon as you, as soon as you lick his nostril. That's so gross. Ias, <laughs> you awaken in what seems to be a war room tent. Your arms and legs are bound to a large wooden chair. <clears throat> you feel disillusioned uh, and clouded in your mind. As your limited sight restores, you see a table before you with a map of Verahim. A, uh, it is laced with small figures representing armed forces and small wooden castle pieces representing fortresses. You make out the collection of Varrican forces on the eastern reach all along the coastline in the mountain range. Uh, and you see the spread out forces of Trelanders along the Avanova River, the largest collections being at Avondal, the second largest being at Cardendale, Fort, and Dunabur. You also see elven figures all along Elfrahim uh, and just north uh, uh all along Elfrahim, just north of Dunabur, and scattered throughout the western side of the Shawlands. Finn Aurora enters the tent. He is holding a plate of charred goat's meat and a tankard of hot mead. How are you feeling? The uh, poison we gave you has done no bodily harm. There's no need to worry. It will just give you a... Uh, Massive hangover? Here, this food will help. I, I don't remember any poison. Last thing I remember was running after Lumen. Oh, where's Lumen? We, um, we did not find Lumen among the rivers. Oh, no. I apologize. We do not know the fate of her. I know you cared uh, for her. I'm, I, I'm sure you are, are very confused. Um, I, I want you to know that you are safe uh, for now. We have some things we need to uh, discuss and work out and agree upon before we can fully release you. And he, he at least releases your right arm and then kind of backs away so that you can eat the food. And um, can't I mean, convince you to get the other arm, can I? Uh, I am, I'm sorry. Um, I will allow you uh, some time to ask questions as you eat. So be it. 
you said you don't remember much. Uh, well, our um, the Varican forces came and uh, we uh, overtook you and most of the men. Uh, the first meal we gave you, though, we um, had to lace it uh, in order to know whom was for us and whom was against us, who, whom we could trust. And I, what have you found? I have put good word in for all of the rowdy boys, um, although we are a... Uh, there is a lot that happened very quickly um, once I was escaped from the uh, prison I had to fight my way through the remaining guards uh, until uh, I was able to rejoin uh, the Varican forces. What's going on? Where are my friends? Yeah, that is difficult to answer. Like I said, a lot happened. Different sects were, uh, and different tribes were sort of in charge of ensuring uh, the the trust of some of your friends. So you don't believe you can trust me then? That is why we are speaking. Um, you, um, give me a perception check, actually. Nine. Um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're obviously disillusioned and goes between nearsighted, farsighted, but you actually spot your sword um, sitting on one of the far tables. Um, and when you look up and note it, um, Finn continues and he says, ah, you have uh, spotted your uh, found relic. I, I have. Uh, yeah, and he gets a smile on his face, and he actually walks over to it and picks it up. It is sheathed, though. He does not touch uh, the actual hilt or the blade. Um, he uh, says, it would be better if you understood certain things. You have been wielding this for a long time, and uh, I believe I need to explain Lay it why, on me. why it is you are here. Um, so the myth goes that there was once a time in Verahim, before it was named Verahim, when the gods lived and ruled among men. There was Nordi, the god of the north, Berkona, the goddess of spring, Birek, the god of autumn, and Brenna, the god of summer. Nordi lived in the north, and he had a wife. She had pale, bluish skin and white hair, and her eyes were a bit similar to yours, this icy blue. Her name was Isvanya. She could not bear Nordi children, so he locked her away deep into his mountain fortress. She escaped and headed south, befriending Birek and Berkona, whom were lovers and about to have a child, who would later become you know, Bjornsson, the descendant of the gods. But uh, I digress. Isvanya, though, she traveled further south and found Brenna. There they fell in love, but a spy of Nordi had attended their wedding, and so Nordi began what is now known as Instorfrosa, or the Great Freeze. His armies traveled south with the snow, and he 
killed Bercona, unleashing the fury of Birek, Brenna, and Esvanya. There was a great battle, and in the end, Birek, Brenna, and Nordi were killed. Esvanya had used Brenna's Sword of the Summer, which burned with a mighty flame to kill her former husband, and in doing so, she became a god. A part of her transformation, though, was taking the evil of Nordi. And so, when the winter would not end, she became queen over the frozen lands, using her magic to make the Hrimpyrs, or frost giants. They enslaved and tortured our people. Many turned to cannibalism, and our lands were in ruin. One escaped with his people. It was Bjornsson, the offspring of Birek and Birkona, and he returned with the elves to bring spring back to our lands, making Verahim the home of refuge. This sword here that you have been wielding is Brenna's sword of summer, the very sword that killed the god of the north. But... We believe it has been cursed with the coldness of Visvanya. That is why it can burn hot or freeze with the cold. You are the only one who can wield it. And I am afraid the magic that once turned the Ice Queen mad and evil now lives inside you. You're joking. Ah. I wish I were. At this point, Lady Reyna walks in. She's wearing a bear pelt tunic and has a shield on her back. A runic axe hangs at her side. Finn, there is a mute woman here and she is in hysteria. Can you speak to her and calm her? Uh, yes, uh, of course, sister. Uh, Finn smiles and puts down the sword. Ayas, I'm sure we will have more time to speak further. I leave you now with Reina Aurora, my sister. She, uh, he walks over and hugs and tries to kiss her cheek, and Reina like, refuses. Uh, Finn laughs and leaves the tent. Hello, Ayas. How are you enjoying your food? Sorry. Well, one-armed, considering. <laughs> yes, I understand there are... Uh, I've been in worse situations. It's okay. All right. Uh, yeah, sorry about Finn. He uh, he likes to tell stories, myths, and whatnot. Give him drive to protect these lands and our people. Uh, I'll give him credit. He's a good storyteller. Yeah, he means well, but uh, he can ramble. Um, before we go uh, any further, uh, this conversation has been a long time coming, Ayas. I don't think you understand the amount of time and procedure that has gone into leading up to this very moment. I imagine you've been harboring secrets for a long time now. Yes. I need to speak to you about something. The secrets that you yourself have been keeping. And she pulls out your journal. I believe I can shed some light on your mysterious past. Well, I'd be much obliged. But before we go any further, you have to tell me, are my friends okay? Tell me this. <laughs> you awaken 
as you now feel a piercing pain in your chest. <laughs> you see both shaman reach the bottom of the ladders and take them to the side. They begin approaching each separate horse. They are still chanting, Dre Arira, Dre Arira. Do I recognize that? Um, it is Dre Ari is Blood Eagle, the ceremonial um, uh, death given to the worst of enemies huh. to um, those. Um, it is it is connected though to Ari, whom is the god of death and Artie is seen not as good or bad but as just neutral this right. the 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 tale is that the eagle comes and takes you to the next life sort mm. of thing but those who are those who deserve to go quickly and painfully to that next life receive the eagle's wings so i see this as as really as a gift by mechanics Kind of. <laughs> no, not I feel really. I feel like a wave of gratitude washes yeah. over. Yeah, yeah sure. as you're missing half your arm and you're, there's hooks piercing your skin. Um, a weight has been lifted off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> um, at the end of the chants, uh, the bear shaman screams, "Dre, Ari, Ra!" and he. Uh, he, they guide both of the horses as they begin to move forward one hoof print at a time. You feel the claws dig deeper into your flesh and bone. Your sternum is taking the full force of the pressure. You can feel your body giving in and your ribs about to burst from the pole when you hear a shout. One of the claws loosens, the one to your right. You look down, you see Finn standing over the body of the uh, bear shaman, and in the back of the shaman is an axe. The rope has been cut by a second axe. When you look to your left, you see the elk shaman drawing his sword in surprise. Siggy leaps out from behind and puts a dagger to his throat. He drops the sword as Finn puts a ladder uh, uh, Back to your post. The shaman is yelling, He must die! He is a demon worshiper! Finn gets to the top and is whispering, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Telnius. And you're still like in and out of consciousness. Right. He's, I still am missing a right arm. Yeah, he's, um, <laughs> he's whispering this over and over and over again. You can like visibly see the pain on his face when he sees the state that you're in. Um, you're barely breathing, only able to say maybe a word or two at a time. He cuts the rope of the second one when he gets to the top and he releases your chains. You begin to feel strength enter your body little by little. Uh, Finn carries you down the ladder and he yells in Varrican, he is my friend, he is my friend, why? And Finn is now, he's just, tears are just coming down his face. Siggy, take this shaman to the village and fetch the healers. Uh, as they leave, the shaman is screaming, You are betraying the gods, Finn Aurora! They will have their vengeance! 
uh, Finn kneels with your torn and broken body draped over his lap. Once I, I go to like wipe my the sweat from my brow with my arm oh, that's missing it's, because I I don't realize it's, it's gone and just blood covers my face and then it like dawns on me again and I just kind of you like are compl- pass yeah you are out. like in shock yeah and you kind of come in and out of uh, consciousness um, once they're gone uh, Finn picks your head up uh, and you're laying in his lap. Uh, he puts his forehead to your forehead. He squeezes your body and puts his arm over the claws deep in your uh, flesh and bone. And um, uh, he he just is holding and embracing your body as if trying to keep it whole. And he says, I did not know that you were here. I did not know. He whispers through his tears, I'm so sorry. And Finn begins to kiss your forehead and your cheeks and eventually mm. your lips. <gasps> Lady Raina uh. continues. Um, I have done most of what I can to ensure that your friends remain safe. Meaning? Meaning that I did not take into account that you would make such close bonds with anyone on this journey. Um, A lot of what was planned did not account for your uh, quote-unquote rowdy boys. Okay. Um, We are just being as careful as possible in who we can trust in this journey. But they're all alive. As far as I know, they are alive. Okay. Ayas, we believe that your infection, the one that has uh, afflicted you and brought on strange dreams and converted your eyes we believe that it traces back to your lineage here in Verahim. The event described in your journal as the White Curtain, uh, the timeline correlates with the ancient battle between Bjornsson's forces and Isvanya's armies. It seems that Isvanya passed by your elven ancestor's village, freezing and taking everyone within it. The survivors who hid, though they did not leave unscathed. Uh, For every few generations, one within your very bloodline uh, from your father's side, the elven side, is born with certain strange abilities. Yours, though, are the strongest I have heard of. It is possible that your connection with Brenna's sword has amplified these powers within you, thus the transformation of your irises and the uh, increased dreams. And you call it an infection? We use terms of fear for things we do not know much about. Let me get this straight. We do not fear you, Ayas. We just fear the power that lies within you. Okay, I understand. 
um, I'm sorry, I have sort of uh, jumped ahead a bit. there is a lot, obviously, to process here. Before we go into all of that, I think I should tell you what uh, I know about you because our stories, my own and yourself, they intertwine more than you may know. Well, you've got my interest. Let's hear it. <clears throat> obviously, I am Varakin. Finn is truly my brother, and we did escape to Dunabur when I was young. Real quick, does she look Varrican? Um, is this something we should have noticed? She's red-haired. She, no, she has blonde hair. Oh, is it? But some of the uh, shield maidens you've seen also share like a blondish-reddish hair as well. Okay. Um, but her accent never wavered, although she did not talk very often. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Uh, it was under the instruction of my father, though, the king of the Varican people. It was not because of some uh, tragedy. At Dunabur, we underwent the assimilation process, new clothes, new language. I picked up much, much faster than my brother. The accent I could mark perfectly. The whole time, though, it was a guise. We were to learn of the Trailender ways in order to one day use it against your nation. When I turned 18 and graduated the academy, I was just as capable of Trailender studies and language as any others. I met in secret with an elven man who said he had been sent by my father. He told me he had a plan for my future, and so he took me to Treyland, created a new identity for me, faked my nobility through forged documents, and that is how I became Lady Reyna. And you're referring to Duke Erwin. Together we planned for the seduction of Lord Alistair. My marriage was a ploy for me to board the expedition of the New Lands, while all the while planning my husband's capture within the Hollow Mountain. The elven man who took me to Treyland told me about his past, and he has told me to relay his story to you. I know that this is a lot to take in, but are you ready to hear the tale of this man? Aye. So he was born here in the hinterlands of Algrahim, and the Shawlands, as you all know it as. Uh, though he became friends with the Prince of Alfrahim, then Prince Amrin. He led a crew on a journey to find the elven island known as Nihimen to us and known to Trailenders as Barda. He found the island and from there he found out how to travel to the kingdom of Trailand. Being a man of adventure, he left the prince on Barda, on Barda and traveled to Trailand where he befriended the royal family uh, who was at the time King Alexander, uh, his son Prince Athelstan and the Princess Kara. 
The elven man and Kara fell in love, but the king forbade their marriage. Never had an elf infiltrated the royal line of King Elric. So the princess went into hiding, frustrated with her father. Alexander announced her death of leprosy, though it was a lie, uh, and he had never found her. He wanted to avoid embarrassment of losing his only daughter. Um, the elven man was taken into custody by Prince Athelstan and tortured under him. The elven man escaped, though, and searched for his love. A year after the false funeral, King Alexander died of grief and anger. His heart simply stopped working. Athelstan became king and excelled the search for the elven man and Kara. The elf found Princess Kara first. She was hiding at the Abbey of the Eights under the name Vanessa. There in Norholm, they bore a strange child with white hair, reminding them of the tufts of a young falcon. The oh. elven man and Princess Kara took a secret expedition to return here to Verahim for the child to visit his father's homeland and to escape the vengeance of King Athelstan. Once they found the new lands, Kara and the elf planned to return and eventually assassinate Athelstan and establish Kara as queen and the elven man as king, as they felt the throne was rightfully theirs. The elven man made the plans with his old friend Prince Amran, who had returned to Verahim, to agree to assassinate his own father the same night. Together, Amrin and the Elven Man would rule Elfrahim and Treyland alongside my father and the Varican people. After returning to Treyland and hiding Kara and their baby in Norholm, the Elven Man was awarded a high ranking for discovering the new lands for the king. He promised that his intentions were pure and that he, uh, to that day, did not know the fate of Kara. Athelstan then accompanied him back to the New Lands to make treaties with the High Elves and the Varican people. The treaties were written up and signed by the Elven King Valir, Amran's father, and, the fa and my father, the king over the Varican people. Athelstan wanted his council's approval, though, so he took the copies of his treaty back to Treyland. His first night back, Athelstan died in his sleep, and the Elven man rode for Norholm to congratulate Queen Kara and his son, now a prince. But when he got to the forest of Norholm, he found that Kara had been murdered by an Elfrahim assassin, and his son was deep into a coma. The elven man was summoned to Westwick, for the council was to meet the next day and vote on a new king. The elven man decided to play along in order to find who had betrayed him, though he had his suspicions. When he got to Westwick, a young man named Lord Aston handed him a scroll and walked away. It was a message from Prince Amrin, who had followed through with the plan assassinating Athelstan and his own father, Velir, but he had made a few changes of his own. The now elven king betrayed my own father and assassinated him, and he told the elven man to vote Lord Aston into kingship or be hunted down. Amrin murdered your mother and established a king in Treyland that he could have control over. 
He chose power over peace, and our people have suffered greatly. The elven man followed Amran's instructions, but in secret began formulating the plan that you have now become a part of, a plan to revive my people and overthrow King Aston and elven King Amran. That same man invited you to be a part of this excursion and has more than once handed you this very journal, the one that has guided you here, the one that holds the only memories of your youth. Yes, you are correct, Duke Erwin Synthorn is your father and has become a beacon of hope for my people. <gasps> Raina hands you the journal and passes her hand over your eyes. The memories of growing up begin to return to you. Images you knew were there but could never conjure come back to you. Sailing across the ocean, landing in the new lands, worrying for your father every time he left. As the memories flood back, Reyna continues. The magic that Erwin asked Bartholm to put over you to cloud your vision is now released. Within you swims the blood of King Elric and the blood of the Verahim people. You are the link that will close the chasm between our people. For you, Prince Aias, are the rightful heir to the throne. And she unties your bondages. And she leads you out of the tent as she continues to say, together, we will lead the resistance. And she pulls out papers, probably a few decades old. They are the treaties unsigned by the king of Treyland. My shield maidens have been training for this for a long time. We will attempt peace first, but know that we will fight for our land and our people, even if it means our extinction. When you step outside, the chill overtakes your body. The year's first snowfall is raining down over the valley below you. You are on a ridge upon a mountain, and within the valley are hundreds of Varrican warriors. Behind them lays the eastern coast, the ocean completing the horizon, ships, Varrican ships lining the coast, and among them, the naked lady. Three horns blow out, echoing over the valley, and Reyna speaks, My people, bow before your queen, for now is the time of our people. Now is the time of retribution, and now is the time to reclaim our lands. 
the swarms within the campsites all stop to take a knee. They draw their shields in unison and begin to chant. As the chant commences, Kaloon and Master Talon exit a longhouse on the ridge. Kaloon, you see Aya standing beside Queen Reyna. Amongst the warriors in the valley is a disillusioned halfling with an eagle tattoo, bare uh, blood across his face, and a eagle tattoo uh, across his chest, uh, wielding a varican shield. A bloodied cleric is held, dying in another's arms, as a familiar falcon flies overhead. It cries out eight times and eventually lands on Ias's shoulder. Master Kaloon? What happens next? Well, lad, what comes next be some of the darkest times of my entire life. I believe that'll be enough for the night. We'll begin again on the motto.